0: Ladies and gentlemen, grab your drinks and popcorn. Today's feature is about to begin. Welcome to Celluloid Codswallop. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Celluloid Codswallop and on this week's episode I am joined by a actress I met probably about two years ago when we were having what we would refer to as a normal life Yes, out there, listeners, there was a time when we didn't have to wear a mask, put on uh, hand sanitizer sanitizer all over our bodies uh, and social distance from people. I was lucky enough to attend a convention in London where I met the one, the only, the wonderful, the frankly brilliant Julie T. Wallace. Hello, Julie.
1: Hello, James. Now, I just have to pick up on one thing. Mm -hmm. You're doing this sanitizer thing all wrong.
2: If, as you
1: say, you're putting it all over your body. (laughs) You only need to sanitize where your dirty hands have been.
0: Ah, that must be where I'm going horribly, horribly wrong. I'm just presenting myself (laughs) out there too much, clearly.
1: Please don't. Only in your hands. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll bear that in mind for the future. So, how are you doing, considering how absolutely bonkers things are at the moment?
2: So, I think
1: the majority of my life has been bonkers, stroke, odd, stroke, weird, um, and for me, I'm I'm just. We're getting through it day to day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel for everybody, people that have had COVID, that they've had long COVID, that are, that are just getting COVID, and, and the, because we don't know about this illness, um, I feel really scared for people. I worry yeah. about people. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm a support worker now, so I have to do three tests a week, um, two LFTs and one PCR. And um, so far, the tests are telling me that I've not had COVID. Um, I've been near to people that have had or are having COVID. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe because I'm pp would up, you know, masked up and everything, I just, mm-hmm. I don't get it. So that's something good. Um, but I just feel for people, it's the not knowing. And I feel especially for the youngsters, Yeah, you know, you know, little toddlers know how to look for look for hand sanitizer when you go into a room. They look for hand mm-hmm. sanitizer, and wow, wow, it's amazing! It's amazing.
0: It's scary. Yeah, it, that is very true. Because I I visited a couple of my friends the weekend, and they were saying how the their daughter, who's what two or three, she's having to get used to entire well, it, it, it's entire change situations. She's not able to see sort of. Say grandparents that you would have seen before. And it's, yeah, it is. um, Hopefully, we will come out the other side of it uh, at some Hmm. point. But I suspect this will be one of these things we have to live with for a very long time.
1: And and for me, you know, I just, I marvel at how resilient, you know, children are. For instance, Hmm. you know, they say you can't get a five year old to wear a mask in school, but I've seen toddlers with, um, their parents and maybe they're wearing a spider man mask or some such other Marvel hero. and they, they're wearing a, they're wearing um, a mask, a face mask and they just do it because they want to be like everybody else. So mm. some kids have just cope with it so well. I know obviously some special needs kids can't do it, but I'm amazed at children's ability just to just to get on with it. It's the parents that worry, and I'm a parent, and I worry.
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, I did like the way there, Julie, you went with it. could be an, another sort of comic-based character. You uh, you could definitely work with the BBC with that sort of terminology of saying there are other things available for people to uh, to use.
1: Yep. Yes, but don't ask me, because I don't watch <laughs> all those. In fact, I do watch them at work. Um, mm-hmm. Guys I support love. Um, oh, God, what's it called? Um, B-Man i man so i'm not going to say their names um to give them false publicity um and i've watched several of those at the moment they're really into a movie from the late 1980s yes i'm that old called airplane oh. i am and don't call me Shirley.
0: oh god absolutely in my top 10 favorites wonderful film <laughs>
1: It, but it is and they're just loving the um the the the, the, the knockabout and then um from you know for other people you've got the words um is it lloyd bridges yeah. that is you know <laughs> pen, soliloquy about what to do and you know yes it is yeah it's, it's not going to pass the censor it is racist sexist homophobic it's everything um because it is of its time mm-hmm. um but some of the slapstick is just so funny. I mean, it really is. And and Leslie Nielsen, he can deliver, he, he can. can deliver lines. Can. Now, the only thing is, I don't know if he had idiot boards or a teleprompter, because if you watch the movie, mm-hmm. he's, he's mostly filmed side on. So is he looking at idiot boards? Like I've done a couple of times in my career, don't tell anybody that, please, James. Um, is he using, you know, caption boards? It's very interesting. I don't know. It's just weird shot that he's filmed from the from the side.
0: It's, it's the one answer. that it, it's a hard one. I have to. There, somebody somewhere will have the answer to that. So, as a please good segue, know. as a good segue, Julie, tell us a bit about <laughs> yourself, because obviously we've touched on the fact that. what you do now, but in uh, a previous life, as they they say, you you worked in the uh, the acting profession. So tell us a bit about your background.
1: Um, My mum and dad were um, both in the business, um, Mm -hmm. and two of my siblings weren't, and two of my siblings were in the business. Um, And... I kind of always knew I wanted to act because it was it was just something that I just I knew I wanted to do I had a fantastic friend called Jacqueline Payne and she was extremely clever and she wanted to be a doctor so I thought hmm, maybe um I should be a doctor too because I adored this this girl she's about a year younger than me and um and then I thought, nah, too much work. And I think I was in love with her handwriting. She had the most beautiful handwriting. I, uh, My handwriting is, is just so bad. I mean, people beg me, if I go away somewhere, do not send us a postcard, Julie. Please do not <laughs> send us a postcard. Don't. Please don't. Well, I, because- I can
0: relate to this because I have terrible handwriting <laughs> too. Kindred spirits.
1: It, it really is bad it really is bad so um yeah so that soon lost its way to be a doctor knowing there were seven years of hard work
0: involved but I to, it was be much fair, to be fair to well, for both of us bad handwriting is one of the main prerequisites of being a doctor so <laughs> slightly there it would be slightly there
1: yeah you know what the best is to have a little bit of knowledge behind that but yeah no one can read my writing so i could be diagnosing but they would never read it so (laughs) i gave up and thought i'd get paid vast amounts of money for dressing up in silly clothes hence i became an actress of the highest calibre okay very
2: true thank you
1: and um Loved it, went to a drama school called Lambda, London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Um, it's very odd. At drama school, most of my um year all had agents when they left, they all did so so well. I didn't even get a prize at drama school in the last year. I got nothing. And then what 80? Yeah, in 86 I did a show called um life and the life and loves of a she-devil and I sort of realized then that any time in your life in acting Mm -hmm. life you can be catapulted up there you know Mm -hmm. you don't need to have um uh what's it called prizes you don't need to have an agent I didn't have an agent um but luckily through my friend another good friend called Faith Tingle who sent me the ad for life and loves of a she devil, um, it, the ad was something like um, it was in it was in a magazine called Campaign for Equal Opportunities in the Arts, and the ad said we are looking to cast a six foot two, um, gigantuan female uh, with hairy moles on her face and whatever whatever, and and I looked at this description. I like, oh thanks Faith thanks very very much but. You know, a little bit of makeup. You know, we can make this work, and it did. So I applied over three months, sent letters, sent photographs, and luckily, the director, um, Philip Saville, the director. Sorry, I don't know why you're getting bleeps. I think it's my end. Um, the the director did a, you know, a, a, um, oh, a, a um, what's it called, audition on camera with me. I met the met the producer. Um, and, yeah, Sally, um, and I just, I can't believe I got it. I can't believe I got it. So, yeah. You can't hear, can you hear those bleeps?
0: I can't hear any bleeps. You can't? No, no.
1: Oh, good. My, my thing's bleeping. I don't know why. So hopefully, yeah. Okay, that's all right anyway. Um. So, yeah. So, got it Um. on the back of that. Well, before even the She-Devil came out onto TV, um, was shown, I got... Um, a part that stayed with me throughout my whole life, um, which was in the first Timothy Dalton Bond film called *The Living Daylights*, and you know that really was a joy, a joy.
0: And that—that's how I met you. Just to give a bit of a, uh, a background for the for the listeners who we lovingly call salty tadpoles, uh, I'd gone to yeah. <laughs>
1: That's disgusting. Oh. This is like <laughs> sex, eggs,
2: <Go>
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's fish-related. That's what we keep telling ourselves. The cods wallop. Yeah. But um, honest. Uh, so I it was at a London uh, film event, and all I will say is I went around, but I saved the best to last because you. I remember the day you come to that. I'd, I'd waited till the end to speak to you, but just say to you, I say the best person to last. And you I remember
1: bloody I, tart.
0: Uh, <laughs> I remember that we were, you, you told me in part about when, when it came to the, the living daylights, uh, about the casting process, how you'd go, you went into, to a room and like, uh, Mr. Broccoli was sat there and yeah, I think he described it as being slightly akin to Yoda, this small guy sat at a table, but could yeah. you tell us a bit more about, about the, cause I'm always intrigued about how people get into roles. So when you talk about the life, uh, and loves of a She Devil. You, you obviously got, you know, you tell us how you got the role. How do you? How did you handle what came from that? Because it's, you know, that was a big role. And when I mentioned that I was talking to people, a lot of them, that was the first thing they went. That's what I know her from.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Well, I'd done She Devil. I was young. What was I? Twenty four or something. Um. And I didn't realise that. You know. It, it was on my shoulders a lot, not all of it, but a lot was on my shoulders. But there was a fantastic director, fantastic producer, cameraman, Mike Windsor, the whole lot were brilliant. So I never felt as if it was my show. Um, mm-hmm. I just had a part in 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 a show, you know. Um, so when I got the call up from my then agent, lovely Annette Stone, I. Um, she said they uh, want you, you. They want you to go for a, it's the Bond film as a as a double agent. And I remember saying, "Are you having a bleeping laugh?" And she said, "No, no, 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 no. They're gonna, they're gonna. There's, you know, you've got to go here. You've got to go there. And, and they want to speak to you. Now, back in the day, you think they, I think emails, are, no, faxes has just come out. So they rarely sent things by fax. You didn't get a script usually." And he just had to rock up um, to North... Or- is it Eon Productions, North Audley Street or South be, Audley Street?
0: I'd, I have to defer to you on exactly where it is, but...
1: Okay, so my lovely mum took me. It was a very, very hot day. So when I was thinking of Bond, I thought, well, just wear black, just wear black and just trying to look sexy because I wasn't exactly sure what the hell was going on. Mm. So I had false eyelashes i had a woolen cowl necked dress on it was hot my mum was driving me up there cuz there's and, and i had heels on there's no way i'm going to get on a tube or a, or a bus looking like this so we went from richmond up to um marble arch and i was still a bit sort of unsure mm, why am i um now i knew that she was um she was from she was Eastern European, any one of those countries. So eventually I found out she was Bratislavian. Mm-hmm. And I remember before this, I was a bit sort of Daniel Day Lewish, Daniel Day Lewis-ish, bit methody. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get a Bratislavian accent and I wanted to, because in the script she said something about Bratislava, I am not the girl you I'm not the girl you are looking for. Anyway, so went to the Russian embassy because I thought Bratislava, Eastern European, Russian, all the same. And I merrily walked up the steps. Hello, can you please record this sentence? I am not the girl you are looking for. Anyway, (laughs) unbeknown to me, they looked at me, thought I was a real mad person. Um, Left the building and turned on this old tape recorder. I mean, it literally was with, you know, those big round batteries. Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: just thought I'd check been recorded no no because what they don't tell you is when you go into an embassy there's um faraday's cage they're not going to let you record anything and so i didn't have it so basically it was there was no um uh, google or anything so i just had to do sort of a a foreign accent eventually i did find someone that spoke russian that could help me with the accent a girl at at, at, attempt but i knew from school um so i walked into this room and before that i sat in this room um, it was quite a long narrow room beautiful girls up and down the room just beautiful girls all in you know light sort of um you know sort of beautiful blow away dresses here and me in in a woollen cowl neck dress my eyelashes down to my down to my um cheekbones now because on I'm a very sweating hot
0: day. yeah on a very hot on day. a very
1: Exactly. Anyway, so I took the eyelashes on, you know, looked in the mirror, tried to get rid of the mascara from under my eyes and and walked into the room. And there was the most lovely director, John Glenn, a couple of other people, um, Debbie, the casting director, who I knew, and little guy in the corner with like his chin on like his walking stick. Mm -hmm. Didn't say a word. the the whole of the interview didn't say a word and I thought I don't know who that is because I didn't quite know what I was walking into anyway John Glenn talks to me and and talks about the part and and you know talks about I said you want an accent so we we did a sort of transatlantic eastern European accent (laughs) shall we say Mm -hmm. and um just basically went through it and then I thought well this guy in the corner he's got to be something because he's not saying anything but they weren't deferring to him they were still keeping him on board what was going on they he could always see me anyway so going out I thought right he's important I'm going to do something now they hadn't asked if I could speak any you know Bredislavian or anything so I thought right here we go so thank you very much for coming in. oh thank you so I thought right this is the time to get the part so walked to the door still had um what I perceived to be Yodai Yodo Yodai what is it Yodai
2: Yoda Yoda
1: Yoda 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 in my <laughs> I don't do Star Wars <laughs> other movies are available and um I walk and I, I thought right well, let's get him so I went I walked to the door and went to go out then I came in suddenly sweep of the hair and went Yawosh, <laughs> straight at yoda straight at yoda And I just turned about on my heels and walked out. I thought, oh, my God, if I don't get this, that's okay because I've made a real fool of myself. Anyway, get it, arrive on set, um, the lovely Cubby's there. And, um, yeah, saw him, and I realised that he was the big producer. Barbara wasn't sort of doing that much on the shows, on the films then. And I got the part, and I was overjoyed. Um, It's been a big part of my life, truly. She-Devil, the Bond film, because it's worldwide. It Mm -hmm. is worldwide. Went on to do three movies with Timothy. And Mm -hmm. the third one was a movie in Prague, big American star, who was most miffed when even though we didn't really have a scene together timothy and i i went over to say hello to him and every single god they had real cameras then and all these eastern european supporting artists just took our photograph and at which point she asked the makeup why are they taking pictures of that woman because she didn't know who i was and then the english makeup said well she's was in a Bond film once, and you, you just realise the power of Bond to countries mm. all over the world, you know. And I suppose that's why I feel for for, for all the Bonds. I know that mm. Daniel Craig just said he's really tired, and but he must know it, it's stratospheric. It just takes you out of this world. It really does. And and just going on back to having to meet the casting um, director and and the Bond family, should we say? Um, there was a bit in the paper about Rami Malik.
0: Yes, Rami, yeah, Malik. Rami Malik, yeah.
1: Yep. Who, um, s- Debbie was saying, the cast director, how difficult it was to get hold of him. And yet she met him and said, had, had your agent told you we're trying to get hold of you for the bomb film? He said no. And they <laughs> met up the next day. They all was sorted. But it's mm. like, whoever you are, you could have just done Bohemian Rhapsody. You have to go meet
2: the
0: Bond family. End
1: yeah. of.
0: Well, Which I think it's quite. It's it's interesting. So when it comes to comes to Bond, uh, the the character you played in it, I I once sort of mentioned to you on Twitter that if you look at the character you played, without her, that film couldn't have happened. That storyline couldn't have happened. She was integral to the actual film. You know, if she'd not but if there had been no pipeline work to set up what happened in the living daylight, nothing else could have happened. It would have just been James, over in about 10 minutes.
1: No, no, James, I'm going to go further. I'm going to go further, go love. On. Go love. on. I was the most important person in that movie. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Timbo had a little bit of speaking.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: also had quite a lot of big speakings. But I, I moved that movie. I was, I was integral. I was that movie. Don't you agree,
0: James? You are goddamn right. You were that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Without you, nothing would have happened. Wouldn't have even be worth going in. So it Thank would have been like so much. It would have been the Titanic and the iceberg, and it would have just been pointless. You know, boom, over, done, finished.
1: <laughs> The world is yet to know just how good an actress I am. The world is yet to find out, even though I've done She-Dibble or, or what was it, Sea-Wolf. That's what Mm -hmm. someone said to me. You were in the Sea-Wolf, not really. Um, (laughs) Or or the Bond film, Um, the best is yet to come
0: or not. When it (laughs) comes to Bond, because I've always been curious, what's it like? When you're going to sort of well, for any sort of film, what's it like when you go to the premiere of a film?
1: Well, of course, we met Charles and Diana. And I have to say, um they say that Diana was beautiful. My God, she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful eyes, and you know, quite bubbly, a little bit shy, I'd say. She came to the premiere and then it was old uh, the Prince Charles who then was told by the producer that I was in the film. who then said to me, um, and what did you do in the movie? What, what, uh, what did you do for the movie? I was in it, sir.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just—it was so lovely meeting Diana. I was absolutely blessed. She's she's a beautiful person. Um, and so yeah, there's a big. In fact, I was talking to or emailing lovely, lovely Thomas Wheatley.
2: Ah, got, yeah.
1: Yep, who got killed in the um, in the in the glass doors, didn't he? Yep,
0: and, he did he got he got chopped in? Well, either I can never work out did he get chopped in half or did did Saunders get beheaded? It's always a bit of a yeah, we have to have it account. in our
1: brain. Well, him and I at the premiere were stood next to each other, and we just had this. I mean, we were all slightly hysterical because when members of the of the the royal family come to a do, I mean, it you know security stepped up, and it's all a bit, you know, do this, don't do this, do this, do that, don't do that, do. And so I remember Thomas saying to me, "Oh, you've got to take your gloves off when they come. You know, you've got to have a bare hand, or you know, you've got to show willing." And then he would say to me, no, actually, no, you don't. You have to have your gloves on. Mm-hmm. And I remember just gloves on, gloves off. And it, it really, it, it quieted me down a little bit because I was slightly mm-hmm. hysterical at that point. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just lovely meeting them. And and it's a bit scary having to watch the movie with them there. But um, the movie was really well received, which was great. Um, and I think that's because um, Timothy was the best boy.
0: I agree 100 on that. It's for for me, The Living Daylights is one of my all time favourite films. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I, and I do do agree that Timothy Dalton is the closest you're ever going to get to the Fleming iteration. Yes, uh, the way it was written. And I just think, he, well, I mean, he's a f- phenomenally good actor. You also just sort of answered a question. Uh, that I was going to ask, which is whether you're still in contact with anybody who you'd work with on it. But you've obviously seen Thomas Wheatley, who uh, who played Saunders. Is somebody you, you still have some sort of contact with? Is there anybody else you still have contact with from the cast?
2: Um,
1: not really. It's it's quite bizarre because um, my mum and dad were were both in the business. It was just like a job to me, mm-hmm. and so. You know, you go and make a family on the set with the people you're with and, and have fun with them and, you know, do lines with them and you get to know the prop boys, the, the honey wagon operators. You get to know everybody. Um, and then you just leave. And I don't really – I'm terrible one for keeping in touch. I don't really keep in touch. Um, but as time has gone on, as I've got to 60, there's, there's uh, like people I would really love to get in contact with because – um, they've been such fun. Um, mm. There was a, a lovely makeup girl um, on Bond, um, Naomi. I forget her surname now, but I'd love to speak to her again. But yeah, you know, people's lives just carry on. But um, especially in COVID times, I've been able to see some or, or or make contact with people I hadn't heard of or hadn't spoken to in years, which is lovely. You know, I, I put the effort in, and they put the effort in as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's a transient life acting. You know you're, you're you're so bound up in a in a in a sort of tight knit group, and then you move on to your next show, really. So you're a family for when you're there, but then you just have to leave them, you know,
0: it, and move on. And I can imagine that will, in some senses, be difficult because you spent a large portion of your life working. You know, say you could spend months and months and months, or you know, mm. say a year or something. I remember. Uh, once, when I was interviewing uh, Jeff East, who was in the, he played the young Clark Ken in the Superman movie. And he was saying mm-hmm. how one scene they shot, it's only on screen for say 10, 15 minutes. They spent like four months filming this thing that's a really short burst of time. And obviously, you're getting to be around be around these people for a long time. And I remember. I'm thinking when you were talking about the fact, obviously you ended up working with Timothy Dalton on, on several other films. I'd like to talk to you about one of those in particular, but the interesting mm-hmm. thing that you end up sort of crossing paths with people, because I interviewed Caroline Bliss. Uh, and she oh, was saying lovely, how, lovely. She's an absolutely hmm. wonderful woman. And she was saying how she'd sort of knew Timothy Dalton in advance of playing Money Penny. And it's just interesting how people always sort of cross over and get to get to meet each other in, in different films and different aspects.
1: When I'm talking about Caroline Bliss, didn't mm-hmm. I do shop with her? Oh God, this is that, terrible. My ball, my brain. You, do you know that's, what?
0: <laughs> that's certainly possible, but I'd have to defer to you on that. Too,
1: <laughs> no, no, please don't defer to me. Because again, it's like when you, when you work with these people and again, you see them on the telly, um, oh, I know them, but is it because I work with them? Is it because I watch them on the TV? Um, the thing about Timothy is, I did a um, a movie called Hawks with him,
0: yep. mm-hmm.
1: which had Goose from Top Gun in oh, it. a Lovely. I, I,
0: I, I, I love Hawks, which sounds strange because it's a comedy about you know people who are very very ill.
1: That's sometimes the best comedy. That's sometimes that's true. the best comedy as you're living on the edge. Um, and that was with the fantastic Janet McTeer and the beautiful Camille Kaduri. Um, I was just um, a nurse in that, quite a stern nurse. And what I will say about Timothy is I think he's, I know he's going to sound weird, but a lot of actors are shy. I think he's shy. Okay. I think he's really shy mm-hmm. and nothing but a professional. On, on set nothing but a pure professional wants the uh, you know wants the show wants the film to go well um but there are some actors that just um j- just want to be in the ro- not he wasn't in the role but just want to concentrate on what they're doing on set <laughs> um I was like that during she level but then I soon learned that it's it's kind of um what's the word it's very time consuming being a bit methody mm-hmm. and I'm probably the worst person to have around on set because I will literally laugh and talk until I have to go full, you know, I can switch from anger to la la la, ha, 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 which isn't good for other people. Cause they're not trying to get into character and there's me shouting and laughing. So I, to be honest, I think sometimes it's best if, if I'm not on set or, <laughs> or, or being myself so I can see why not, not acting anymore. I think it's quite good for certain people. They probably had enough of me, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Timoth- Timothy is is a gentle soul. People always ask me, what's he like? He's a gentle soul. He's Welsh. Let's remember that. Hmm. Ka- but he doesn't speak Welsh. Nay, Shariga can write. Um, but um, yeah, very nice chap, very helpful. Um, there was a bit in one of my first shots in Living Daylights. And of course, you know, into method and into the having to lock the gates. You know, and I had to open the gates to get him into yep. the yard. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway i didn't know this but they were going to dub the sound of the the key in the lock that's what you do on films you don't have a real lock you just cover it with your body oh my god i was so embarrassed so i had to um when the lock wasn't working even though my body was covering it i said oh hello uh, sorry this lock isn't working and timothy leaned over and just said to me julie it's a prop (laughs) oh sweet so sweet because there were just three of us standing there he was just mm-hmm. so kind you know and he he could have he could have taken the mickey out of me he could have just been oh look at this stupid individual he's not he's just um yeah I'd love to meet him again love to meet him but yeah he's private he's very very private you know um which makes me worry about Daniel Craig because I don't know how, he, how he's going to cope I mean he'll leave the bond but mm. he will. the bond will never ever leave him I can assure you of that and that's quite worrying you know um
0: it, yeah, it must be quite quite a thing when something is so indelibly linked to you. And yeah, yeah. I've I've not met Timothy Dalton. I would love to do. Um, but yeah. you always, as you said, you get the impression you see that he values his privacy. He's uh, yeah, yeah, which is understandable because it it must be very difficult for any actor. But when you hit a level of of notoriety that you stop being in a sense, you are still you, but you end up with people thinking they know you and they they mm-hmm. have some sort of right to your time. And that that can't
1: well, be something this is that the I ever whole... see
0: as being easy.
1: But this is the whole thing. So about the social media, if you have an Instagram account mm-hmm. and you're selling stuff and that's how you make your living, putting everything on there how can you get upset when people are rude about you or are vile about you because or say horrible things because you're putting it out there and this is why yeah. I, I admire someone like Timothy who was worldwide who had worldwide fame but then I don't even know where he lives. I presume he lives in the States, but who knows? Because he keeps below the radar, which is quite old fashioned. And I'm sure that, you know, Craig, um, Daniel Craig has to do a certain amount of publicity for the film, but on the whole, he does keep a low profile. If you think about it, you know, and I think that's the best thing he can do because he's, he's an actor acting and I think he will, get over this you know and he's a good actor as well I think he's a really good he actor. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. so we will just get through this and and people will always know him as Bond but how many bonds has he done? Is it about five or six? I can't remember. I don't know. But yeah
0: I'm doing the um, count five I think I think this I'll, I'll get yeah. shot. I'll get shot by somebody yeah, for, shoot for getting James. that wrong. I,
1: Kill him. I know um, enough
0: people who, who are obsessed by Bond that I should have that spot on the Monday. <laughs> got you
1: out got you out got you out Um, yeah he I'm sure he will get through it but then he can do that because what a load of moolah he's earned he has earned money you know he can go and buy an island if he wants to but then again he's a good actor and he started out doing BBC plays and stuff so you know I do wish him well I wish him well and I hope he can get through being Bond and go on to other other shows
0: Other films. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed and let's certainly hope that the the the, uh no time to die is a resounding success, which I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Um I'm gonna ask one other question about hogs. Now that was a film that's written by Sir Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees. Did you ever get a chance to meet him?
1: Well, yes. Hold on, was it written or did he produce? I'm confused. I I thought he produced.
0: I think there's possibly a bit of both on that. They had some involvement in the writing and the production.
1: I did not know that. I met him. I have my photograph taken with him on the publicity day. And um, no, hold on. It was written by him who did the um, Roy, who did Last Summer Wine. I'm sure. Right. Um, yeah. So he certainly put the money in, and he's tall and lovely. And again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know when you when you meet your childhoods excuse me childhood icons you're standing next to him and it was shocking I was like oh I became a little girl you can't how the hell am I standing next to him how am I got to stand next to him but yeah it was it was lovely um um he's again I think he's quite shy so I don't really speak much I think he did Wogan maybe I did Wogan as well but this is when I was doing She Devil so we might have crossed paths again before that do you know as time goes on you you suddenly think do I know that person have I worked with them and I think as it is such a small world you're bound to have met or looked across the room but there's a kind of shorthand if you're in the business you know you may have worked with each other and I always pretend I have worked with someone (laughs) if I don't know them to say oh hi how are you haven't seen you since we worked because I always forget their name I'm terrible at names (laughs)
0: To be fair Julie, it's the best way to be. And I can completely uh, understand where you're coming from about, you know, standing next to someone who you've admired for a long time. I'm hoping that when I met you, I did actually hold it together and didn't turn into some sort of like weird mushy wreck.
1: Well, to be honest, it was, I was talking about me. So I don't care what you were, love. I was talking (laughs) about me, girlfriend. (laughs) So I don't care.
0: No. (laughs) I think I, I think I held it together pretty well. I'm hoping I did. Um, I also want to ask you, because obviously I met you at a Bond event and we've been discussing the, the whole situation with being in the Bond films. What's your interaction been like with the fan base?
1: They are off the charts. They are incredible. Um, they are amazing. Um, at the convention... You know, they want me to sign this. They want me to sign that. It was. um, And before that, you know, even like, say, if you go somewhere like I had to go or I chose to go to the BFI for a screening of She Devil, like a 30 year anniversary or something. And um, there were Bond fans there because they knew I was going to be there. And it's it really is quite amazing. It it really is. Um, They're lovely um probably slightly obsessed because I would be obsessed if I wanted Mm -hmm. to get a whole a whole um living daylights you know poster full of the names of the people you know I would be obsessed too but generally they're you know everyone is lovely because I hope that I'm I'm nice to them because through them they've made me you know a tiny bit famous so My mum and dad always taught me you've got to be kind to people. So, yeah. um, But, yeah, they're the big ones. Uh, She-Devil, not so much, but Bond films are just also and Last of the Summer Wine as well. Mm -mm, Fanatics. Mm. And they love it and they can tell you where every location is, what year they were there, what scenes they shot. But, yeah, and you know what? It's not hurting anybody if they want to do that. Great. It's good for me because at least I know where I was. <laughs> they can tell me what scenes I'm doing because I can't remember.
0: <laughs> they can guide you in the right direction, which is always good. So yes. I, I am the same way. I can never remember anything half the time, and I'm terribly awful in remembering people's names. And I've been to mm. con- conventions or things where people seem to know me, but I have absolutely no idea. Well, you are
1: tall. You're <laughs> tall and blonde, aren't you?
0: Yeah. So uh, and I, do you know? I, what?
1: I was. Yeah.
0: Go on. go on. I was just going to say I can I can stand out. So
1: yeah, you always remind me when when I think when I was thinking about doing this interview today, I suddenly went, "What does he look?" Oh yeah, Peter Crouch. I just think of Peter Crouch when I think of you.
0: <laughs> Not bad. There are worse people to be compared to. There so you go. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll happily take
0: go. that uh, one. Uh, good. So you also worked uh, on Mac the Knife, which had, I mean, the cast of that. You've got Raul Julia. Richard Harris, you know, Roger Daltrey to name, but a few what? Can you tell me a bit more about that? Because just the cast list alone sort of blows my mind.
1: Right. The cast list, brilliant. Julie Walters, Richard Harris, the whole lot. In fact, I worked with his son, Jared, um, several years later. Um, It was filmed in Budapest and at a place called um, Mafilm. And, and they just done or they had done Escape from Sorbitol in the field next door a couple of years previously. And genuinely, but for the cast and crew, the directors were, how should I put this? It was a horrible, horrible time. Horrible, horrible time. But the cast and crew, they were lovely. Um, um uh the rock star what's his name um roger Daltrey. Roger roger yeah roger Daltrey. yep mm-hmm. so um i think what was he i can't remember what he was in it anyway um all i was one of the prostitutes i was the tall prostitute always at the back there was no direction it was just stand there so we sort of assorted ourselves uh no we sort of sorted ourselves out so tall ones at the back Short ones at the front. Oh my God. And then Roger Daughtry had this thing of calling us, is it 611 Squadron? Because we just moved in a group, because we weren't getting any (laughs) directions.
0: It wasn't even like mill around.
1: (laughs) No, no, we just because the director couldn't direct. And
0: ah, well, that you would think is an integral part. What have they always said? The clues in the title.
1: Well, sometimes people think they can, and they bloody can't, mate. So Roger Daltrey called us the 611 Squadron. He was very good. Lovely Real Julia, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Um, <clears throat> lovely. Richard Harris, um, I sometimes had breakfast with him. Mm-hmm. And the – I just – what did I have? I would have porridge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he would have smoked salmon and caviar because it was quite nice. cheap over there.
0: Nice. Yeah that's um, an interesting breakfast choice.
1: Yeah. Oh. You don't you don't talk to actors at breakfast. We, we just sit yeah. there and mm, mm, mm. so yeah because everyone would have it in their rooms but I like to come out of my room for breakfast. So yeah. So um that was nice. He was very clever. Um lovely Julie Walters. Um sweet sweet lady. Julie McGuinness. Um who I think was married to someone. I can't remember the director. Yeah, she was very good. And it was lovely. We we recorded the songs, the singing, at mm-hmm. not, not Air Studios, but like somewhere up in Wembley, which was great with a full orchestra. Um, and the choreographer David Taguri, rest in peace, sir. He just done guys and well, he'd done guys and dolls at the National. Oh my God, he was so good. I was always told that I couldn't dance. I don't think I can dance. And he said to me, "Yes, you can, Julie. Yes, you can." And he grabbed my arms and could me shall we say, polka mm. dance all around this massive studio. I cannot tell you, my heart, my heart was <laughs> jumping with joy. If you've got a good leader, you can dance, but he died um, several years ago. But Dave, Dave Taguri, David Taguri, lovely, lovely man. Um, Leslie Meadows, assistant choreographer and in, in the show as well. Um, yeah, it was, that was really good fun. Um, and I understood how people drink on movies. Because we'd leave in the darkness, we'd go to Mafilm, and then we'd drive back in the darkness. And, you know, this is 1986, yeah. And Budapest is not what it is now. It was very, very grey. And there were queues around the block if they got bananas in a shop. It was, yeah, it was quite, quite... um, it was strange. I, I, you know, I was young. The, the the first McDonald's opened in Hungary, and with the money we got to spend per day to have an evening meal away from the set, we could buy everybody in the hotel from the cast and crew a McDonald's meal. That's how much oh, we were getting.
0: It's, it was mm-hmm. that that sort of stuff is absolutely unbelievably humbling when you see. Yeah. The way, and unfortunately, still is prevalent in some countries where the the, the level of day to day life, when they say the first world problem situation, it really does sort of hammer home this idea of the first world, you know, problem. You know, we might worry about some small thing that to, to other countries would be the absolute. It'd be everything. You know, it, yeah, it's it's shocking.
1: Yeah, and it, and it's it's all relatives so mm-hmm. you know we had problems the, the director the producer said they'll they'll send all the prostitutes home in the movie they'll send all the prostitutes home if they're not needed for 3 continuous days well they never did because they had us on on um, on uh, a weather cover so we just had to stay there and it, i was god i was there about 3 months it was hideous it was but it was lovely, you know, and I would just go out. We'd go out, and the drivers, if we had days off, the drivers from the film set would take us all out. And mm-hmm. um, the lovely Louise Plowright, God rest her soul, as well. Um, she ended up um marrying a um a, a Hungarian guy. She was Julie, the hairdresser in Eastenders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. fantastic! Yeah, um, she died. I don't know about five years ago. God rest her soul, and um. Yeah, so it was great fun. It was great fun doing the movie, but yeah, quite shocking, quite shocking. And I realised, you know what? Um, You do not know you're born until you go into a country that marvels at having an orange in a shop or a banana, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I can only imagine. Um, If if I'm moving you forward a couple of years to look at, you were in a series uh, selling Hitler. Uh, about think, <gasps> the fraud around the the well, I mean, it's still unbelievable that somebody would try and fraudulently create the Hitler diaries. But this was a an entire thing around that. What what can you tell me about that, please, Julie?
1: Um, well, that was with the fantastic Alexis Sale. He played the 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 frauder who who did. I, the I'm diaries. just going to
0: cough, but keep speaking. I'll be
1: okay.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to mute, but
1: I'll cover you. Cough. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Alexis Sale was absolutely lovely to work with. He's got so much energy. I can't believe it. I played um, his wife and I demanded that I wore, um, what are they called? Pop socks that you could see were pop socks. Oh, my God, a look a sight. Um, I think Nicholas Renton directed that. I can't be sure. Um, and Jonathan Price was in it fantastic cast and now that was filmed at um an old asylum called i think it was free and barnet asylum which has now been made into it was being made into posh flats and we were filming right down in the the, the places where the, the padded cells used to be i was a bit scary that was a little bit scary but you know um it's great the places we went to we filmed on an old hospital in Tooting Bet Common, um, and sort of all around London as if it was as if it was um Berlin, I think. So that was really good fun, good show to do.
0: Well, when I cough, it's you don't particularly want to be around. Plus, uh, Gemma, who I do this stuff with, who was apologizing for that, she couldn't be here today, uh, because she's working. But Gemma also, bad
1: Gemma, bad, bad Gemma, bad Gemma, bad Gemma.
0: She, she's she's wonderful, uh, but she also has to do the editing on this, and she also gets upset if I'm uh, coughing or blowing my nose because it's, it's not something she wants to to, have to listen to. She's got a real thing about me blowing my nose that she doesn't so like. The more, so the
1: more we cross over and speak together, the more we'll rile her, number one. And number two, <laughs> I will not let her edit any of mine. She has to edit no. anything you say, not what I say, because I'm no, the star.
0: Well, you're damn right you are, Julie. You are damn right. If I've learned anything from the, the few years when we've uh, spoke to each other, uh, uh, whatever you say goes, you're right. <laughs> you know what? That's why I
1: love Twitter. Yeah, that's why I love Twitter. I can be this, I'm not Sasha Fierce. I'm just this different person. You know, I'm mm. such a boring person at home when I'm not working. But, you know, when I get on Twitter, I can be violently rude and and pretend to block people. And I tell you mm. what, there's some funny people on Twitter. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, well, we're not being nasty. We're just having fun with each other, you know?
0: I created such a laugh when I was telling people about that I wish you a happy birthday.
1: <laughs> was it you that started that?
0: I didn't start that. I just I just joined in the fun. But I'd, I'd said something on the lines of, I know better than wishing you a happy birthday. And you said, you kill me.
1: <laughs> and, and lovely, you know, David Quantic, the um, lovely... Yeah. Um, um, music or ex music journal. He actually re- retweeted. Again, I keep thinking I've met him, but I don't know if I have. But anyway, um, he retweet. He retweeted, "It's Julie T. Wallace's birthday. Go over and wish a happy birthday." <laughs> <laughs> and it it just made me laugh and do you know what I think I'm going to say it now but I'm sure that this has happened there should they should do me a show where I go on on the radio and -hmm. I just go meet all my Twitter friends because I don't know I mean I know you I don't know half Mm -hmm. of them I do not know half of them um but there's some bloody funny people out there there are some really funny people you know and I love it.
0: I think that would be an amazing thing to actually see being done, something where you have the ability to try and meet all the people you've interacted on through Twitter or Facebook or whatever, because it takes yeah. you across the world. And you, you'd, I mean, you probably meet some bloody terrifying people, but you also meet <laughs> some very interesting people.
1: Not as terrifying as me. <laughs> <laughs> no no you're right but again it's yeah one day maybe that's my that's my radio show I'll do when I'm hundred years old yeah but we'll see but I do like Twitter I like Twitter
0: now talking about because we're also discussing the, the 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 big things you worked on I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the fifth element
2: Oh God
1: fantastic um Luke Besson Brilliance. Mm -hmm. and he directs every moment as if it's his last moment on Earth. I mean, the energy. um, That was a good film to do. That was a superb film to do. Um, um, Bruce Willis, lovely, lovely man, but when I heard that a chap called Brian James was in it, he's now died.
2: I know, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: it's horrible! Why is everyone dying? Um, that was who I was excited to to see because my favourite ever movie was Blade Runner, the original, mm-hmm. and he was the first replicant. Yeah, yep. and that oh my god, just that scene with him—it oh, gives me goosebumps. Anyway, um, he he was in it, and I knew I'd be acting with him. What a complete doll that man was! Just. Obviously Bruce had a little It was in um, Pinewood So he had his own little uh, golf cart Because it's so big Pinewood And they'd make him a little um, Not a pagoda Like a little tent Because there was so much room on on the set Where he would go into with his hairdresser And play um, What's that thing? Backgammon or something But Brian, Brian Just like any other Hollywood star Just sat with us on our chairs I mean Oh, I, I did. I, um, yeah, I, I was just, I couldn't believe it because he, he like he's an actor's actor. You wouldn't, you'd mm-hmm. recognise him, but he could change so much. So that was a joy um, to, to be around. For me, Bruce, again, quite shy. He brings all his pals over and it's almost like his pals kind of, I think, was he in the Navy or something or like his army pals? I don't quite know, but, and they'd be back at base and you'd speak to them and and then if they saw you were okay and not uh you know not not nasty or whatever then he'd come and talk to you you know Bruce would come and talk to you and and it must be lonely because when you're the you know when you are a star of something it, mm. it's on your shoulders and and yeah i know there was lovely miller jeholevich um but that was bruce's film really and um he had to carry a lot so it was nice because by the end of the the shoot he was he had a um, Planet Hollywood with, um, oh God, uh, was his name? Uh,
0: Sly Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Yes, absolutely yes. right. And he was he was shipping in from the West End hamburgers on a Friday afternoon, like to the casting crew because I do have to say here, the British crew are the best in the world. And I've heard that a
0: lot. I've heard that a lot. Yeah.
1: Yes. 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 And you know what? It could be. They're just so damn calm, you know, that the lighting guys get on the, they, they are, they, you know, they worked with whoever, they work with stars. They, but they just do their job. They never ask for an autograph and they just crack on. And I think when he realized that, yes, he was mega famous and maybe in America, the crew will ask him for his autograph over here. They didn't. Oh my God, no. So he could just unwind and have a good time, you know, and and know whatever happens on set would stay on set unlike poor bloody what's his name um oh god what's that movie sorry it's terrible it's the afternoon sorry. i should be i should be having a disco nap i'm talking to you instead um
0: were you pre-mission impossible don't worry uh, yeah. tom Mission cruise
1: impossible. right the tom cruise man. yes yeah. someone has recorded him kicking off on set yeah no it's probably the sound boys i don't know but, you know, you shouldn't really do that. He's paying your wage, mate. You know, and, I, and, and it, I can't imagine the pressure he's under to try and, you know, to film a movie in COVID times. I mean, but to record him, a hmm, hmm, little bit mean, but hey, you know, they probably got paid 25 quid by the Daily Sun or something, whatever. It and, was, um, it was, you know. it,
0: yeah, it's strange. But it's also interesting when you were just saying about the difference between the way a American crew, for example, or the or the the, the coolness of say uh, and the the professionals working with an English crew because yeah. when I was at the 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 event in London I spoke to Andres Wazinski who also oh, was in daylight you. what yeah. a wonderful man but it's also interesting yeah. you mentioned Tom Cruise because he was asked him I said what's the difference because he's been in Mission Impossible and that and Bond and I said yeah. what's the big difference he said well On Bond, it feels like a family, and everyone's very nice and looks after you. And on like something like Mission Impossible, the American set, if you bugger up, you know there's like ten other people waiting to take your job behind you.
1: Yeah, and and it and it is very stressful. But again, when you do work as a unit, a family, whatever you want to call it, you do tend to give your best because there is yes, there's pressure. You don't want to cock up a line. You don't want to do anything bad. But you know we all have good and bad days, and you you an actor. Desperately tries to do it hundred percent right all of the time, but we do have bad days. Um, mm. But you don't want the pressure, and I think, I think in a bond, yes, there is pressure, but you don't, you never feel it. You never ever feel it. I mean, I did, I didn't do any stunts. I, I bet you feel pressure in stunts though. If they go wrong, that's thousands of pounds. Yeah. But no, I never felt stress. I just felt fun. It was just fun, you know.
0: And when you obviously you mentioned that the. The, the sort of work you were doing on that. I want to also, we're okay to touch on, you were in Speed Racer. Now that's a huge FX-driven sort of piece. What? How does the environment and working in something like that, how different is it to your sort of normal uh, working experience?
2: Well,
1: that was filmed in Potsdam in Berlin. Lovely, lovely place to go. And apparently Marlene did, tricked her first movies there. Um, being special effects it's all a bit weird because um, when I was driving that lorry, I even asked a friend to put me in the lorry to see what it was like because I knew I'd be driving a big HGV, whatever. And you only do you don't do big movements with the steering wheel. Right. You don't do big movements because you're going to snake the, the lorry or whatever. But no, when I arrived there, they wanted me to do big movements with the steering wheel, and it wasn't right. So it was all. But you have to do it. You have to do what the director says, and it just felt a bit weird because it didn't register unless there were big movements, you know, moving hmm. the, the steering wheel, and that was a bit weird. But it's probably more for the special effects. You know, yeah. most of it is done. I think the direct. I think the actor could do anything except take their clothes off, and and the director wouldn't notice because they're looking at the <laughs> they're looking at the special effects. You know, um. It was good fun doing that. Met Emil Hirsch, because you're in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very nice. Um, who were the other people in it? Oh, the lovely, lovely Endeavor, uh, uh Roger Allen. Roger Allen. Yes. Oh, what a voice. He was lovely. Um, yeah, so it wasn't long out there in, in Berlin. But, yeah, um, I remember Rihanna just had her, is it first number one with Brella? Hello. Yeah,
0: hello, yeah, I hello, remember hello. that. Yeah, I remember oh that. Oh, my so.
1: God, that was on MTV once. It was on about 20 times, and I was doing a lot of wet weather cover, and um, so I had to stay in my hotel room in case that it rained and they needed me to go into the studio or whatever, so I got to know that show very well. But, yeah, um, yeah you, get, you just get to spend a lot of time just sitting around, actually, with people that's how you get to know them so well and if you're with the right bunch of people it's just fun it is just absolute fun and and sometimes hanging around and um, before you go on the camera is better fun than actually working in front of the the camera <laughs> what,
0: what were the what, what are I mean the things have changed from what um with uh, there's a new matrix film coming out I think at some point yeah. this year, later this year what were the Wachowskis like as, as directors what was it like working with them
1: So from what I remember, it was the producer that that was looking at the clothes I was wearing, looking at the costume and and stuff like that. And do you know what? I don't think I had much to do with them. They would they would be at the monitor Mm -hmm. and the first assistant would come and tell me what to do. So it was a little bit, you know, just do what you've got to do, but that's okay. Just pay me my money, I'll be happy. You know, one of those sort of jobs. But yeah, really nice. Um, just, I didn't have much to do with them, truthfully. But, you know, that's okay. They're busy people.
0: And when it comes to something like Speed Racer, how, because you were telling me about how you'd found out about, I mean, because like my big question is, I'm always interested to see how people found out about roles. So you told me a bit about how you found out about the part in Bond. How did you find about something like Speed Racer? Is it just, is it your agent says, hey, I found this, this will be the thing for you or something you'd seen or?
1: Yeah. Or um, people will come to my agent and and they'll say, you know, sometimes I used to get jobs without even auditioning um, and they say, can we check her availability? And then they would pencil you in and nearer the time they talk money and I'd get the job. Or sometimes I had to go and audition. I don't mind either way. You know, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I would go and audition. I would, you know, mostly now it's the most horrific thing for actors. It's talk to a wall and send a film of you talking to a wall um, with the lines from, you have to learn the lines um, of the film, but you might have another actor there or in COVID times, I've had to do it to a wall. <laughs> just yeah. do a pause when they're saying their lines. I
2: don't think you
0: I've get I, the best. But I think, I, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard a few artists say that now that they haven't did. I think, are they called signs? Yeah. Is the, the technical term for them that they've had to, you just start yeah. doing something to a camera? Um which that's it.
1: Must... It's it's. It's the American term sides. I tell you what. There's another American term I cannot abide. What the hell is a showrunner? He's the runner of the show. Is that the the writer? Do they mean writer? He's a showrunner. <laughs> really annoying. Anyway, that's American. And yeah, you have to learn your sides. And, you know, and, and oh my God, um, I'm, I think I've made a swift exit from the business when I needed to. I'm, I may go back to it, but I don't know if I will. We'll see. We'll see.
0: I'm going to go very British. So you've already told me about a bit, uh, well, a bit about Last of the Summer Wine, but please tell me more. What's it like going to something that was as established and had a history, you know, such an amazing history? I mean, you've seen it. Obviously, you went to Bond that has a big history, but. You'd be very hard pressed in the UK to find people who didn't know last The summer wine does go into something so well, established. Does that present challenges for you as a as an actress?
1: Not at all. The most beautiful cast. The crew were brilliant. Um, so so funny. They were so so funny um Again, why the hell am I going into? Why? Why does? Why does? Some of why? Well, you know, I, you know, I couldn't believe it. Um, mm. it was nice. Um, the money was good. Um, and it was a lot of fun. A bit kind of, it. it uh, what's the word? The script is very good, Roy Clark. Um, yeah. but it was a bit. What's the word? When you not systematic. It was like this is the shot, same shots each week, you know, and it was a bit playing for laughs. I always think if you play for laughs, you might not get them or probably won't get them. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit odd for me, but, um, yeah, I loved I loved working with them and, you know, working with um, Tom, no, what's his name? Clegg. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. The, the lovely guy who died. Um, yeah, working with his son was great, was absolutely mm. brilliant. And. There's a fantastic height difference between us, and um, yeah, the scripts are very good. It's it's how shall I put it? I've had my CV was um, eclectic, should we say?
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing that I loved you. That you have got one hell of an eclectic CV because you go from being into like drama, sort of sci-fi based uh-huh. stuff, to then you end up in some, I mean, things that I absolutely love, like Doctor Terrible's House of Horrible which is, right. I mean, that was just bonkers. Abso- I mean, that was just crackers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and that was quite funny because I think it, his mum and dad, or just his mum came on set and they asked if they could meet me. And that is so camp when like the star of this series, mum wants to meet you. you. You know how old you are then. Um, but that was brilliant. That was, um, I'd have terrible teeth in that, I think. Yeah, terrible teeth, done at Shepperton, nice little studio. And um I do think, you know, Coogan is I think people are just jealous of him because he's multi-bloody talented. Yeah. He's, you know, he can write he's very and good. He is. And um I haven't seen him in the thing he's doing at the moment. Um, is it Stephen? It's um, the thing about
0: he, the Stephen Lawrence killing. Now I've yeah. not seen um, that, but it, it's no, I'm gonna, brilliant to yeah. see him going from being, you know, the comedy stuff, he'd like the day to day, you know, going on to do the Alan Partridge sort of stuff, and to see him shift into to doing dramatic roles. is, well, he's yeah, just he's very going good. Th-
1: going straight, and I think you know, you get a lot of that, and um, particularly from the press, they're just jealous of him. And when he stood up with, um, um, oh my god, my brain, Hugh Grant, and said, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, B-U-G-G-E-R off press. You know, they're Mm. they're always going to damn him. They're always going to have a Mm. go at him, but I think he is very intelligent. He's so clever. He's just so clever. But he's nice with it. You know, he's Mm. okay. Um, I I, um, really enjoyed doing that show. That was a really good show to do. Um, And I think Branner was doing... What was he doing in the next studio? I think he was doing... Not Endeavour. Yes, the... um, the boat oh god my brain who's the person that went to the um uh, the north pole shackleton thank you thank you he was not in deborah he was doing his shackleton that was quite weird when we came out for a bit of fresh air the shackleton and that lot and there were some people from <laughs> drama school we were in it we were having such a laugh because you cannot believe when you're at drama school doing whatever you're doing for three years and then you come out and you're acting in the real world you know mm. it's it's unbelievable i tell you another person who i've met that work with Kenneth Branagh. it's just reminded me, was Brian Blessed. Wow. He is the sweetest man. And God, he's been around the world. Zed cars, yeah. Zed cars. Um, that was a joy to work with him on a, on a movie I did, uh, Stag's Devil's Harvest, it was called, yeah, and directed by James Shanks. And that was, that was fantastic. So... I just love working with different people and particularly the stars of that have been stars all their life, you know? Um, in fact, we were doing that and I think Brian Blessed was there and, um, people refer to Kenny Brenner as sir. He was doing a Shakespeare there as well or something as well at another time. But yeah, um, you called him sir, which I thought was very camp. No one's ever called (laughs) me sir.
0: (laughs) Call me sir. I can call call you sir if you want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me,
0: <laughs> madam, that well no, well yes. no, no Gordon. <laughs> uh, now, I will be killed if I don't ask you about two things that you're in that I've been asked to ask you about. Oh,
1: wait a minute, this is just two things,
0: two pointy things. Come on, two, two, two very, two very big things that I have to ask you about, which oh, are
1: please, James,
0: which are love joy,
1: <gasps> yes,
0: and heartbeat. <gasps> I have and I'll to be say, I'll be in big trouble if I don't ask I love everything you've done but I've been reliably told I have to ask you to tell me about those
1: well now love joy was an absolute joy <laughs> to do
0: but it was
2: but
0: what but a bump what's that that's the it's it's the you know the drums and the cymbal noise
1: Oh, right. Oh, I get it. Sorry. Yeah. Boom, tish here all week. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that was done in Essex and Essex is quite beautiful. I have to say in like all these weird named villages. So that was good. I was playing, I think I spent a VAT inspector awful wig, which appeared to get moved a bit. So I just looked terrible, but he's, he's very clever. That bloody Ian McShane, dear God, he's clever. He's very clever. And I'm glad he's done so well in, in the States with, is it Westwood? Westworld? He's, he's, anyway. He's,
0: yeah, he's, uh, he's done loads of stuff. And he's also in those yeah. um, John Wick films with Keanu Reeves. So, yeah.
1: Is he? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, so then Heartbeat. Now, if you look on my Twitter, I, I, you know when Harry Hill used to do that thing, what's better? And I would go, <laughs> what's better, a Heartbeat fan or a Bond fan? I don't know. Fight! And- <laughs> and yeah that's that that they are very good heartbeat. but in fact i'm just going to go on to another harry hill story harry hill was doing oh god this is so embarrassing harry hill was doing something for channel four and he wanted i was asked to go as a um a transsexual this is years ago so to go as a man and or a woman becoming a man i'll never forget it oh god it was so awful and um I just thought at that point, men just touch their kehonis and do a lot of that. So that's all I did in this interview. Never got the job. And to this day, I always wonder, what does Harry Hill think of me? Because all I've got is pretending to be a man, just touching my kehonis. all the time. your uh,
0: Cahod, Yeah. But
1: yeah, think- that, that's Harry Hill. But um, yeah, so heartbeat, I have to say heartbeat was fantastic did it twice sweaty betty sweaty betty such um really good fun and they they you know the fans love that show they absolutely adore that show it's a bit easier to love because it's not you know international as in it's not all over the world but work with Nick Berry both times What a gentle soul What a gentle soul Nick Berry is um and his wife was in Mac the Knife She was, I think, Lucy or something. Yeah, sweet, sweet girl. Um, She was very young. And again, the press go after Nick Berry for looking older because he's old.
0: I'm old. It it happens to all of us. We all age. It does happen. I mean, I noticed that. They were putting things in the press about him, said he got older. I'm thinking, well, it's going to happen to whoever's written this. It's going to happen. It probably already has happened to the person who's written it.
1: Yeah, just just lay off. We're getting older. You know, we're we're you know, nearer my God to the MI, you know, we're getting older. And just anyway, I mean then I can't speak. I've decided to, after one Zoom interview I did on with my, I just can't keep still in interviews. So when I was talking to this other, this other group of people, I kept moving my hands, so it kept looking as if I was punching the screen. So I thought, right, that's it. I'm never going to do another Zoom with a screen on because I look just so bizarre. I think I've got a touch of ADHD. So that's why I haven't got the screen on. You can put up many pictures of me if hey, you want.
0: Don't worry, Julie. You're not seeing me right now. Because we've had good weather here today, I've made the mistake of sitting in the garden. So I've got this kind of like tomato appearance right now, but it's Excellent. not something you would want to see. <laughs> Hopefully it'll ease off by, uh, by the evening. Keep slapping on the yeah. old aloe vera. Um, Coolant stuff.
1: After um, Sam, yeah,
0: often. I, I I've got to ask, cause it, it was only a t- so like a ten minute short you're in, but you you were in Rita, which touches like some really, really heavy stuff. Really heavy stuff. It 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 was parts of it were very tough to watch. So I, I was going to say, how did he get involved with that? My original terminology was going to be, how, what attracted you to that? But I don't think that's quite the right word because it looks things like social. So it anxiety. was me.
1: That was well. First off, I think it was. Was it a student film? Was it a student yeah, film? I think,
0: I can't, I think, I think something like that, that. From what I can remember, yeah.
1: Yeah, you always do student films because you're doing them for no money. Because you never know where that student director and crew are going to end up. So you always have to do them. Is this the one where I was a nasty mother?
0: yes that's the one yes yeah, okay yeah and the guy was a bit um how can i put it nicely a bit creepy
1: well it's funny you should say that he was played by my best friend called edward bryant so how very dare you say that we have known each other um since <laughs> 1977 we went to youth theater together youth theater together. Um, and he went straight into acting. I went to drama school after youth theatre, cockpit youth theatre. Um, yeah, I I I got, oh, it's not John Rollinson. Anyway, I got offered to do that. And I said, well, I'd like my friend to play the, the nasty dad. And my God, he played it well. My well, God, he played that's, it well.
0: That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's one of these things where it was yep. just, God, it was hard going in part, which is a testament to how good it is. You know, yeah. it's not and, one of those and, things that you're gonna be like, yay, it's great, it's brilliant. You know. Who played a, the
1: young girl? Did she she's very good? I remember I, she was very good.
0: Yeah, very good. I can't remember off the top of head, I'm afraid, yeah. but she was very, very, yeah. very good, very convincing.
1: Yeah, that was done, that was just in a in a couple of days over at um Wallington, I think, somewhere. Wallington, yeah, that way, south London. Um yeah, and again, um you kind of do stuff because the script is good and I do like playing mean buggers. I really enjoy it. I love playing nasty people. Um and that's yeah, that was really, really good. And to be with my friend Edward Bryant, who've who we acted at youth theatre together. We haven't acted since, so that was really, really good. Um, yeah, actually, I can't remember. I'm not, it's her birthday, isn't it? And I'm nasty to her, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't
0: that's think I've ever correct. seen it. No, no, that that's you spot on. It's from what, yeah, uh, yeah it's like it, It's all centred around the party uh, and what's going on in her life. And the the yeah. there's a very the, the, there's a leaning towards potentially incest, something like that, to do with the father as well. But it's it's really? very. Sure. It's good, but it's not. When I was saying, it's not an easy watch. It really isn't an easy watch. It's uh, it's a hard thing. Where did you watch see. it?
1: I need to watch it now. Where did you watch it?
0: Um, it it was somewhere. I found it on, online, from what I can remember. Going to do that I? Then, you, yeah.
1: yeah, we need to watch that Eggleston and We'll watch that together. Yeah, yeah. Because like he's getting old. I'm old, and that was done what maybe 20, 25 years ago. I think. Mm. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, I've done. I have done such incredibly weird odd stuff um and I love it I've been absolutely blessed in my career to work with some amazing people um and you know I love the odd roles at drama school um the producer of Carry On uh, Peter Rogers came and spoke to us and he went round the room you <laughs> know we these like young children from drama school and he said um he came to me and he went, mm, "Not going to do well until you're forty. Uh, you'll play lesbian nurses up to then." <laughs> Good God. And, you know you and I literally left drama school thinking, "Yeah, 22. I'm never going to be anything till I, you know, to get a part age mid 40s Well, three years later, I'm, you know, got a lead role in a in a in a TV series. You you know what acting and I and I do talk to young actors wanting to get into the professional or get into drama school, I try and help them if I can, um, maybe with their speeches. And it's this sort of career, you never know when you will you know be the star. And and you know, like I was listening to um, or there was a show about Alan Rickman. He didn't do acting, didn't start acting till he was 40 or something. And you know, that's that's quite old, but mm. what incredibly what a legacy he left. What a legacy he left. Um, So you never know when your time is going to come or it's going to come again.
0: Did did you ever get a chance to go back to that director and say, well, actually, hey, you know, you were wrong. I pulled this together far earlier. I've not been playing those parts.
1: Well, this is going to sound really bitchy, but what notice did I take of a director who directed character films? (laughs)
0: I do like that, I Julie. I like that. I'll, I do like that as a response. So that's very good. <laughs> I like. I, that. I
1: rest my case. I rest my case. You know, but then I've had to learn as well. You know, just don't be so damning. Don't be so damning of people. You know, um, everybody. We don't know what people are capable of. So I've had to change my whole way of thinking through my life. You know, um, I've had lots of therapy because um, hmm. I haven't dealt with problems properly or with um i've react i tend to react instead of being um thinking about the other side what's going on so yeah through having therapy i've, I've got to understand myself and then through that i can understand i hope other people in a better way
0: but I'm, I'm still yeah sorry no no go on sorry sorry, that, sorry no, that I'm. In. but I'm,
1: I'm still an absolute bitch when it comes to twitter and i love people laughing and, and i love the sound of laughter even if it's in a twitter retort i love that someone's thought they could say that and has said it and it just makes me laugh it's that connection through laughter hmm. there's nothing better it's better than sex
0: <laughs> i was going to say one of the interesting things when i've spoke to other actors in the uh, past of in interviewed uh, uh for the for this program i've always said that it must be quite a Difficult thing going into the profession because you have to deal with so much rejection. Life can be difficult enough, but you're at, you know, how do you deal with the fact that you, some roles you would go in for and you might think, I am perfect for this. I am the person they want. And they're like, nope. How do you divide? How do you take yourself out of that and think, well, it's not personal, even though there must be a small element that it feels like a personal thing?
1: So they say, That the director knows if you're right for the play, movie, TV series, within thirty seconds of you entering a room. Okay. Wow. Yes, and and the director has the last say. The casting director may think you're brilliant, and I've had some superb casting directors putting me forward for stuff that I haven't got. Um, What I always think is. This is the, you know, um, we were taught at drama school to take a new energy into the room. So, say if there's a casting director and director sitting there, they may have seen 15 people that morning. Always take um, a new energy, not so you're um, like all over the shop and, blah, 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 you know, just take in a new energy. I've always tried to do that. Um, but what I say is, This is as close as anyone's going to get to knowing the real me because no one knows the real me. I bet people don't know the real you when it comes to it. All of us are acting, whether or not we're Mm -hmm. actors or not. And so there's always a little bit I leave behind. Um, And if I don't get the role, that's the the actress, Julie T. Wallace, not getting the role. It's not Mm. mum, Julie, granny, Julie. Mm. It's it's someone else not getting the role, or else you would go, you would go quite bonkers if you didn't. But the things happen for a reason. One door shuts, another door opens. I don't know why life is the way it is, but on the whole, things happen for a reason. And if you accept that, um, it will be okay. Something will happen. You know.
0: Hmm. That is a, an absolutely brilliant brilliant way of looking at things, I think. Uh, and I also think you know, this is probably an absolutely wonderful point to end the interview on because you ended up Oh,
1: God, I haven't positive. talked enough about myself. Jesus!
0: <laughs> well, you can talk to me whenever you want about yourself, but I think this has been an absolutely brilliant uh, point to, to end this because you've ended up on an absolutely wonderful note. Uh, and I mean, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for doing this. It means an awful lot that you've that you we've been able to sit and have this conversation, and thank you so much for it,
1: James. Thank you. And at least I bloody remembered for the Alzheimer's setting. All right. Love you. Love me more. Bye.